Greetings, friends. Welcome to I Think Speech. This is Hazel Archer Ginsburg on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2020. And in our speaking with the stars on this day, look for the Christmas star within, and then look up and out to see Orion shining in the east. His three-star belt is, is nearly vertical, pointing up toward Aldebaran. And, and if you look even higher, up to the Seven Sisters. And then off to the right of the Pallades, you'll see Bella Luna shining brightly next to Mars, glowing orange to her right. And of course, you can still watch what many have called the reprise of the Star of Bethlehem as Jupiter and Saturn are you know, slowly moving out from their conjunction. So yeah, a lot going on that we can join in this conversation with the starry script that is forever writing itself for us. And, but the reason I wanted to, to talk today with you is because today we start the 12 days of Christmas or the 13 holy nights, which come between Adam and Eve's day, which is today, Christmas Eve, through to Epiphany, which, by the way, was Joan of Arc's birthday. <laughs> we'll talk about them when we get there. But we can see this as a microcosmic experience of the macrocosm, right? A sort of a as above, so below moment, allowing us to approach the sublime gesture of the divine spiritual beings whose Outer vestments are the constellations of the zodiac, while simultaneously contemplating the events in our own lives in order to uncover the, the golden threads connecting us to each other, as well as to the goals of human evolution and to the divine spiritual nature that comes to birth again and again at this, the darkest time of year. So this you know, I like to call it a, a sacred time out of time. It really, really provides an opportunity to contemplate not only the great journey of the cosmic Christ through the zodiac into the body of Jesus, but also the path of Jesus to Christ, which every human being is called to follow, right? The evolution of every human being as a star unfolding in an earthly biography, for we as human beings are following both pasts, both paths, right? As above and so below. So on Christmas Eve, yeah, we, we begin the contemplation with Adam and Eve, remembering that the fall was the reason the Christ being made the sacrificial journey from the Godhead to become the Son of Man. So the Holy Nights are completed on Epiphany, which is also recognized as the baptism. So that's when the Son of God, the Christ, entered the human form to become the Son of Man. So when we, we look at the circle of the Zodiac during the Holy Nights, we can find imprinted there a memory of that significant trek from the spiritual heights to the human depths, right? It is, it's a starry script. 
it's, it's written there for us to read and to join in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can see the symbol of this, the 12 apostles, right? They formed a sort of outer version of these constellations. And we, we all incarnate into these various signs on our way to becoming spirit once again. So for me, you know, because I love the festival so much, I, I always like to, to think back about, you know, how the various holidays have been celebrated through the ages. And it's, yeah, it's interesting to think, well, you know, Christmas wasn't, you know, it hasn't always been this commercial enterprise that it is today. And there's a lot to say about the history, but starting around the 11th and 12th century, our ancestors worked with the three Uberufer plays during this sacred time. The Paradise play, the Shepherd's play, and the Three Kings play. Ancient tales, first collected by Rudolf Steiner's teacher, Karl Julius Schurer. And they're named after this Austrian village of Uberufer, an island in the Upper Danube. So, so this river, the sacred river source, begins in the Black Forest of Germany, right? A lot of beautiful uh, tales coming from this region. And it flows through Bavaria, Austria. And so from this magical region, uh, these powerful symbolic plays came forth. And the, the first one is called the Paradise Play. And it tells the story in the book of Genesis of the creation of the world and of Adam and Eve's expulsion from the Garden of Eden after they succumbed to the temptation to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge too soon, the tree of good and evil. And I don't know, maybe you don't know this, but it is from this primordial tree that we get the modern tradition of the Christmas tree. Yeah, in the olden golden days, they called it the paradise tree. <laughs> and Christmas Eve, it used to be referred to as the Feast of Adam and Eve. Since the fall from paradise represents that point in human evolution, which precipitated the necessity for the incarnation of the Christ in the first place. So that's the first play. The second one is called the shepherd's play. And it tells the story of the proclamation of the birth of what in anthroposophy we call the Nathan Jesus. This wasn't the announcement to the shepherds in the fields, right? And this is the nativity story told in the gospel according to Luke. So who is this Nathan? Where do we get this word Nathan? This Nathan soul uh, refers to that primal divine part of Adam that stayed in the spiritual world as a, a, a prototype of the divine human being that was untouched by the fall. And then when the time came, this, this primordial piece of Adam, this Nathan soul then came to birth to be the vessel for the cosmic Christ, who is the antidote to the fall from grace. And then the third of the Uberufer plays is the King's play, which it, this can be a little bit dark, but uh, it, it's telling of the visit of the three wise men, the Magi, 
who were following that star of Bethlehem, right? That we've seen reprised in 2020. And they're following this star to the birthplace of Zarathustra, the Zarathustra Jesus child, a reincarnation of the most wise teacher of the Magi. And uh, so this is the nativity story told in the gospel according to St. Matthew, which reveals this, what we refer to as the Solomon lineage of Jesus of Bethlehem. So, uh, yeah, you can really see, if you read these two books, a very, very different uh, take on the birth story, according to Luke and according to Matthew, completely different lineages. It's, it's really something that you can just take up on your own and, and contemplate. So this, this third play, this King's play, it, it also has this really dark side work because it talks about the, the slaughter of the innocents. That, that dark before the dawn, right, before the birth, this, this murderous uh, atrocity of Herod, you know, in his attempt to destroy the newborn king. So, uh, yeah, it's a heavy, heavy, interesting play. It's performed usually on the 5th or 6th of January on Twelfth Night, which is the, piece of the Feast of Epiphany or Three Kings Day. So yeah, and I invite you to, to take up your own study and, and break out the family Bible and, and look at the, read the two stories from uh, Luke and Matthew and, and think about it. Yeah, this, this knowledge of, of what we call in anthroposophy, the two Jesus children, was given to us to consider by Rudolf Steiner as early as 1909. Before that, he couldn't quite talk about it. It is, it is a, a mystery. But it was revealed in many examples of Renaissance art. You can see this in, in many, many examples. Sometimes they, they try to doctor it up by, by putting a sheepskin on to make it look like it's uh, John the Baptist, but it, it really is a, an open secret. And uh, it has been supported by many of the apocryphal gospels. You can read about it in Gnostic te texts and especially in the Dead Sea Scrolls which were discovered in a cave by the Essene enclave. Uh, they buried it there uh, near Nazareth. And so these were discovered basically 40 years after Steiner spoke about these mysteries. So he was reading it directly from the Akashic records. But then these documents proved um, his research. So yeah, these texts really, you know, the, the Essenes were regarding this mystery, this secret, which predict that the, quote, kingdom of the new Jerusalem will be able to come into the world when the two become one and the outer becomes as the inner. So think about that. It's, it's sort of a reversal of that image that I tried to speak about before, about how everything was one, and then it separated out into the many. Now the many have to become unified, right? So this, so this quote expresses the occult reality of the coming together of, in this case, the, these two streams that uh, needed to be there to create the perfect vessel for the Christ. And so it came to be that this prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus of Nazareth. So a lot, a lot to take in just with that. But 
But there's more, <laughs> because today is the first holy night, Christmas Eve, Adam and Eve's day, where we can contemplate our human journey, which starts where we are now here on Earth with the constellation of Pisces, the two fishes. This is the sphere of the human being ruling the feet. We'll see as we go through these holy nights that each one of the constellations rules a different body part so we can get some insights into our health and, uh, and all of that as well. And many years ago, I wrote this little chant um, when contemplating the constellation of Pisces. From the light through the darkness into new light. So this, this is the path of human evolution, symbolized by the region of the two fishes, right? We, we came from the light, right? It's the, the one fish swimming down into the physical, right? Into the darkness where we're, we're graced with two feet to walk upon the earth. And then when we're ready, we're able to swim back up into the light, back up to the spirit. So this is an Alpha Omega picture that we're creating on this first holy night. It's everything, you know. It, it, and for me, it's, it's always thought-provoking to, to remember that, that each epoch, each time that we're living in, uh, is ruled by a prevailing constellation, guided by a particular time spirit. So right now, we are in the age of Pisces, guided by Michael. But I don't know, you probably remember that song. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, right? So that, that's where we're going. But we're, we're still, we're at the threshold here. We still have some work to do before we can go into the age of Aquarius. We're still in the age of Pisces right now. We have to have our feet firmly planted on the ground. Yeah, with our, with our thinking uh, aligning to where we have to go. You know, that, that will direct us, our feet, direct our will. So for our contemplation of the Holy Nights, yeah, again, it's interesting to think back. What was the last time that the forces of Pisces were raining down their influence? Now, you have to remember, it takes, you know, over 26,000 years to go through the whole zodiac. So it was a long time ago that these forces were raining down upon us. And Rudolf Steiner's research tells us that it was the time when the sun separated from the earth. What is she talking about, right? You can read about these things in Steiner's books, Cosmic Memory or Occult Science, but even modern science talks about how the earth and the sun and the moon were once all merged together, right? And that they then separated off from each other. So we can, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? From the one come the many. So spiritual science tells us that the cosmic being, uh, this Christ being, is associated with the sun. So with the separation, the light that was within the earth began to shine outside of us. And of course, the goal is to, to make it shine within us again, right? So when we look toward the future, Right? What's it going to be like in 26,000 years, right? When the constellation Pisces will be active again, you know? That's when this inner spiritual sun will have been won through our individual freedom. And, and that will, you know, herald this, this rising out of the darkness 
uh, into the spiritual sun within our human soul. So this is this is what we're working toward, right? To to have this picture of the alpha and omega in our consciousness, right here on this Adam and Eve's day, you know, and and you know, all of this is really made possible because the Christ made the descent and united himself with earthly evolution, planting a seed in us that gradually awakens the higher sun self in humanity, which again, we have to engage with it consciously so that we can fulfill our highest destiny. And this, well, you know, this has been the work of the mystery school since Lumerian times. Right, referred to as the initiation of the fishes. So we see this reflected in many cultural legends. The great Manu learns of the impeding flood. Remember that story about the flood? Well, he hears about it from the fishes. And in the Gilgamesh epic, Enkidu is called the son of the fish. And of course, the guardian of the grail receives the name Fisher King, right? And interesting to contemplate that John the Baptist, who had an affiliation with the Essenes as well as Jesus of Nazareth, right? He, John the Baptist, had the task of preparing Jesus of Nazareth for the fish initiation, which he performed at the baptism in the Jordan. So, yeah, and of course, you know, the closest disciples of Christ Jesus were fishermen. Right? We read about this in, in Luke. So, yeah, it continues, right? Later, after Christianity has been established, this ancient symbol of the fishes came to be associated with those that, that could be called the bearer of the Christ. That was the symbol of the fish was their, their esoteric emblem. So... Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's striking to think about, um, you know, how at that first Christmas, the symbol of the fishes pointed not only back to this epoch when Christ left the earth together with the sun, but also prophetically down to our time now, where humanity has the possibility to experience what we like to call the second coming of Christ in the etheric so we had this one and only event of Christ being born in the physical, and now there's this other event where it, it has to be born within us in our uh, formative forces. And we can see that in the aura of the earth. And then, yeah, like I said, in the future time, when this being of love can then shine fully once again within us, Right, a little sun within the conscious human soul. So here we are on this first holy night in the constellation of Pisces, and we find this, yeah, this alpha and omega of human evolution, expressing the very essence of anthroposophia, the wisdom of the human being. And on this night, what would it be like to, to hold a picture of our past selves, informing our present and future selves. And to help us with this, you know, each of the signs of the zodiac provides us with a virtue. So today's is magnanimity becomes love. So we can think about that. 
and yeah, I know, friends, I, I know, I've, this is a lot, this is a highly esoteric material. So I, I hope that you can, you know, find something that, that touches the truth in you. And please, if, if you will, join, you know, tune in every day. We're going to progress through these, these 13 holy nights to gather the forces that we need to create a powerful new year. So until soon, blessings and peace to all of goodwill.